All right, boys, we're back. Was it episode 21? Have we ever left? Yeah, we haven't. We haven't left. We Dr- haven't today. Drinking age. Yes. Yeah. Drinking age. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I hung out with my parents when I turned 21. You did? Yeah, I was back in Minnesota for the summer at college. My birthday's in June. So I went out with them to dinner at my favorite restaurant in the town where I grew up, Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And they didn't freaking card me. I was kind of like, oh, you, you know, wanted, I wanted to be carded because right. I could finally do it. And then had some drinks with my mom and dad, and then I went bow fishing that night. Nice. Got That's wasted. I, no, I, I was by myself. I, I was in Vegas when I turned twenty-one. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I came down, did the you know the ride of the stratosphere that shoots you up the stratosphere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Spent huh. spent twenty-one in Vegas. Sounds All like right. you guys had some awful twenty-first birthdays. What'd you do? Wasted. <laughs> 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 no way I'd have never thought Never guessed Neville <laughs> I was uh, It was on spring break Because my birthday's over St. Patrick's Day Oh yeah St. Pat- Patrick's, Patrick's Day It's over, always over spring break Oh where, you, where were you Cancun I think I was I can't in, even remember <laughs> I've gone on a lot of spring breaks <laughs> I always went bow fishing on my spring break That's awesome I'm pretty sure I was in Breckenridge, really, really Colorado I think we were skiing Oh that's oh, a good nice. one Regardless this is episode 21 huh Episode 21, Big Hunt Guys podcast, and uh, a little special treat for our podcast listeners. We finally got a promo code for you guys, so anyone's listening, use promo code PODCAST, and you'll instantly get $50 back to the Go Hunt Gear Shop and points if you sign up for Insider. If you just want our Maps-only membership, Explorer, use promo code PODCAST, you'll get $20 to the Go Hunt Gear Shop. Great way to get some extra gear in your pocket for the upcoming season. If you're looking for any of the insider products or the maps, mm-hmm. promo code podcast. And remember. And you'll get oh, give gear rewards. Gear rewards, yep. And if you are an insider or looking at being an insider, you do get all the research tools and you also get access to all of GoHunt maps as well. But if you just want maps only, you get some other stuff too, gear shop rewards, access to point tracker if you just want our maps only Explorer membership. So, Yep, so essentially for 100 bucks you get insider and maps. And maps, yep. And, you and get 50 bucks in the gear shop. 50 bucks. And so every point in the Go Hunt gear shop is worth $1. So 50 points is 50 bucks. Nice and simple. Simple. Promo code podcast. Do it now. Sign it up. Now. It's stupid easy. We made it so easy. We just called the podcast for the promo code. <laughs> I know. The last, last episode we did when he was like, promo code is podcast. I'm like, that's it? <laughs> what, sure? what, what are you expecting? Something special? I don't like, know. Go Hunt podcast. GH podcast. It's hard to remember. Nope. Just podcast. The podcast. No, no, don't no. confuse them. Don't confuse just, people. Just podcast. Podcast. Yeah, right, fair mm-hmm. enough. So we're here today talking strictly to Mr. Christopher Neville on the recent elk film we just released, By Blood. By Blood. By that's, Blood. That's a good name. And that's you and your brother. Wyoming Elk. Wyoming Elk. We also have a giveaway for that as well. What's the giveaway? Vortex Optics Package. Oh, boy. We're trying to get to 100K subscribers. So We're so close. We're so close. I can s- almost taste it. And I want it bad. So if you guys are listening and you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, you guys better. Yeah. What kind of videos we put out there? You name it, we do it. Skills, how-to, and then... Go Hunt Originals. Go Hunt Originals. Yeah, our bread and butter is Go Hunt Originals, which we release one new film a month right now. Yeah, we do a lot of other good stuff, too. E-scouting techniques. This podcast is Podcast on, on, on there. Yep, you can watch the podcast. Uh, what you just did a big giant bow build mm-hmm. series, so that, that can be a, it's five yeah. total parts. So you just yep. recorded the other, the final one. Yep, full full bow build, start to finish, tune the whole nine. 
So a lot of things to check out in the Go Hunt world. So subscribe, check out that giveaway. It's in the description on that on that film in our YouTube channel, Vortex Optics Elk Hunting Package. So I've watched this film now a couple times. Oh, I've watched <laughs> it one million times. I know you have. That's the worst part about it. Cause I, I have to watch it the most since I'm always producing you know. and making these bad boys. And I Towards think the end, I get sick of them, especially this kind of one that's kind of a... A little bit of a heartbreaker. A little mm. heartbreaker. Reminds me of not so good of times. So we're going to spoil a lot of things right now. So if you guys haven't watched it, I would probably suggest you pause this quickly, right. watch that film on YouTube, and then come back and listen to it because we're going to dive into all the nitty-gritty details. And there's a lot of things we got to talk about. Yeah. I want a little more in- insight on a few things here. It still haunts me to this day. Yeah. So you guys got some tags. Obviously, right at the beginning, you find out that you're riding – Josh's points. Yeah. My brother had all the points. I had none. That's, so kind, of a, that's kind of a cool brother. Good good guy. Was there any convincing that went into into that, getting no. him to apply with you? None at all. He was all in. Yeah, he was all in. Yeah, so yeah. he had he had five points and I had zero. And he's older than you, right? Yeah, he's three years. Three years older than you? Three years older than me. Yes, we I wrote all those points and got in, thank God. I don't I don't think we did this special either. I think we just did the regular. You've been pretty lucky on the regular lately. Yeah, I've been hitting Wyoming pretty hard because I went with trail that one year. Mm-hmm. And then I rode my brother's points the year after, and then now I'm going back this year. Back for 20. My brother and I drew this year with zero points. That's back to back to back. Three banger in Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> and this yeah. might be the end of it. <laughs> if Wyoming might changes be. their yeah. non-resident. Yeah, we had a good could talk at lunch about some of those proposals and some of those are pretty it's heartbreaking pretty, pretty scary for a non-resident and i will say wyoming is probably my favorite state me too i love wyoming so much i i would actually the hunting is so good up there maybe we shouldn't say this but the hunting <laughs> is so good and the opportunities are so vast for resident hunters yeah that it would it makes me want to move to wyoming yeah why don't we just have a satellite office where you, us three i'm gone let's move to wyoming Sheridan. Does your brother have you know mm-hmm. a little bit of room I can pitch a wall tent? On oh, property? for sure. Okay. Yeah, he's got a great place up there. Let's go. Yeah, Riverton. I mean, there's some. I mean, I love Wyoming. I don't know. I love that whole the whole Western Slope, and then you know you get up into central north north central Wyoming. You get the Bighorns. It's beautiful country, yeah. and then you know tons of antelope, tons of cool deer. I, th- I mean, Wyoming's cool, and like if you want to hunt mule deer, you can hunt mule deer up there, like up in the Alpine. You can hunt them in kind of that transition, and then mm-hmm. clear out to like those badlandsy type stuff. Yeah. And then elk. I mean, they got tons of elk everywhere. Elk mecca. Yeah. Everywhere. For general tag, I mean. Yeah. I look at it as when I draw a general tag, like I look at it as like a limited like, entry. Yeah, it's I'm pretty like, cool. I'm gonna have a good elk hunt for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which it is. Yeah, you can, <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. Yeah, but it's. I mean, it's more attainable than most, but it's you know, it's a mm-hmm. limited entry tag. But I would say underrated for what it is, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. So what I want to know is when are we going to see all this throwback footage you keep teasing out all the time from you and your brother hunting back in the day? Like, when oh, are we going to make a like a full-on film about like that? I have it all sitting in my. Well, Mather has some of our editor has yeah. a bunch of it that I sent to him, dude. But they're hard. They're, they're the, hard. The, the, the cassette tapes from they're back tiny. In the day? Yeah, they're like the tiny baby DVDs. Oh, the baby DVDs. <laughs> oh, yeah, those ones. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I had, had the cassette I had tapes back in the day, and then we got a different video camera, which was it recorded it on like a DVD that was like that size. It's like, like a miniature DVD. So you're talking what size of a chew can? Smaller. Yeah, probably the size of a chew can. 
<laughs> wow. So, because like back in the day when you had a DVD player, there was like a slot for like smaller ones to go into. There's the big one, and there's a. We're dating ourselves here. Well, I go back further than that. I go back to like the big VHS one. cameras yeah. and yeah. you know the high eights. So, I'm even older than that. Some of that footage is super cool. You guys even like prototypical like hunting channel type. Oh yeah. Have you and your brother talking all the time, all oh. the time. And what sucks is a lot of it we tape over. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That, right. that happens all the time back then. Is you would tape over your stuff that you already recorded, like recording something new if you had it stopped in a different spot. Yeah. So. Like, going through the footage, we had to look through a lot of the footage because you'd go from, like, a birthday party, like, Christmas, and, like, you'd be, like, in the middle of opening presents, and it, like, cuts to a, oh, a scene out in, <laughs> out in the woods. You're like, what in the hell? So you, you had to watch a lot of that footage, like, all the way through pretty mm-hmm. much. So you grew up in Iowa? Yep. You and Josh? And Born and raised. You guys are the, just, just the two of you, right? Just the two of us. Two brothers? Yeah. Did you – how did you get into hunting? I, I know a little bit, yeah. but, like, how how did you – and did he get into hunting first, or how would that work? Well, like, basically, where we where we lived – so we had 12 acres of woods behind my house, and it was surrounded by, like, 300 acres of woods, which, like, in Iowa isn't too common because a lot of farmland and all that. And I think just being exposed to the woods all the time and always being out there playing and doing stuff and seeing animals that, like, we just naturally started, like, picking up, man, we kind of want to hunt. Like, we trapped a lot. My dad trapped, and then we did that, and then we kind of just, like, moved on to the next thing. Like, oh, we want to shoot deer, but and we just did that. Your dad would never big game hunted, right? No. Yeah. No one in my family's hunted from my mom's side or my dad's side. Hmm. So a lot of it was, yeah, just my brother and I So does that kind of develop the two of you at the same time, or did he kind of, like, yeah. bleed out? Does he always hunted, or did you kind of take yeah, more so interest Yeah, so he – I would always – so in Iowa, you have to be 12 years old to hunt by yourself. And since, like, no one, none of my parents hunted, so we couldn't mm-hmm. – we had to wait till we are 12. But I would go out all the time, so he's three years older than me, and I'd go out and sit with him. Gotcha. While he was, like, bow hunting or shotgun hunting. And I'd, I'd go out and just film deer and sit in tree stands and watch stuff until I turned 12, passed my hunter safety, <laughs> then I was able to go on my own. The footage is so cool. Like, yeah. it is pretty sweet that you guys, like, took the effort back and had to do it because probably looking back on that footage – it's yeah. funny, yeah. but it's also like you guys set yourself up for what you're doing right now, basically, because right. you both had were super passionate about hunting, and now you both are in quote unquote the hunting industry. Like, yeah, your paths like you kind of knew what you wanted to do, and you both have ended up in sweet position in life. Where did that come from, as far as like the whole video side of things? Like, what were you guys picking up on? Did you have outdoor television? Oh yeah, loved watching outdoor channel. Do you watch like t- all the DVDs? You had like all the Primos elk DVDs all the hunting dvds and i think we got our filming stuff because like my dad was always like filming us at birthday parties christmas and stuff so then we just use that same camera mm-hmm. and then we'd watch all this outdoor channel and tv and then we just would you go of, out and make the same exact thing <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. drive around yeah. talking like like you're on an outdoor television show right. yes did so you say a lot was, of practice did you say something there like it was like north american something or whatever yeah. you like to, your your show is called <laughs> North America Whitetail, which I think is an actual, actual, an actual show back then. I think Stan Potts was on that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He Stan has the Potts. best celebrations ever. After yeah, he does. Deer. That's right. He gets Stan so far. It's legendary. Beast. Yes. But yeah, a lot of it is just watching, watch a ton of Outdoor Channel, watch a lot of Do you ever watch TNN DVDs. back in the day? That old channel uh-huh. on? Uh-uh. Remember TNN? It's like outdoor shows on Saturday mornings. No, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, it was before like that. Outdoor Channel and Sportsman's Channel and all that. Yeah. Isn't that the Ted? 
Not lots no. TNT, huh? I'm thinking of yeah. You're talking like the shows that would come on like one Saturday morning. Saturday mornings, yeah. all the fishing shows. You would have yeah. like the old Bill Jordan stuff back. Oh in the yeah, day. for sure. Yeah, I mean, I watched all that too. I was like you. Yeah. I remember, I went to college. I was this really date me. Like I was in college, but I remember like going down. There was like a local video rental place there in Logan where I was going to school, and you could like rent hunting videos. Yeah. and I would we, rent we like all the Primo stuff, like yep. yeah. all, all those DVDs and VHSs. Yeah, the, the real tree. Yeah, all yeah. those guys. Yeah, we could get hunting magazines at my local, uh, mm-hmm. whatever it is, bookstore thing. Like rent them, and I'd just sit there and read them. And yeah. Yeah, I remember watching tons of those. That's funny. Well, yeah, it's kind of the story of this hunt was, you know, we grew up hunting, basically learning how to hunt from each other and always being with each other in the woods. And then, like, as we've gotten older, our career paths took us different directions, took us in different states. So then it was harder to find the time where everything could connect and meet up at the same time that we could go hunting again. And it just so happened on this hunt that we had, like, the perfect – amount yeah. of time that we could go on this hunt together so it's kind of like a rekindling of what it was back in the day when we were younger to mm-hmm. to this hunt now because you guys have you know you're, you've elk hunted for quite a while now like yeah. you guys have yes yeah, so we yeah we we've that's how we both learned how to western hunt is we did the same thing everyone else does colorado yeah otc over the counter go out there and not know what the hell you're doing <laughs> dude i remember the first sleeping pad i had was just the the foam, foam. Mm-hmm. yeah Last time I did that. <laughs> you learned real quick. Oh, my God. I woke up every morning. My back was broke. Spinal. Maybe that's what's wrong with you now. Yeah, that, I think that's probably what it was. All those nights in the woods with no yeah. sleeping pad. Yeah, it's funny. Just like all the gear that you have back then, you just realize how fast you realize how important like good gear is and what it can do on a hunt. Yeah. Uh, so you guys... You guys still hunt? I mean, you do you make a priority to hunt together? I mean, how does that work out? Do you guys get along? Are you guys close? Yeah, yeah, we're pretty close. Yeah, but because what he ended up he ended up going like into the fishing world more. So like his time off and like what he was doing for his job, like he was out fishing and that was most of his time off. And that's kind of like what he honed into. And then for me, mine was hunting, and that's what I honed in. And a lot of it were hunts that we're filming and doing content for. So it's just kind of like in different different directions in different areas to mm-hmm. like where we could just meet up and have a hunt. So you're going on this hunt. You, what kind of like prep did you have for it? Like you said, you already had some intel. Yeah, I can't. We can't say, or else we'll give up the spot. Even though some people already know where the spot is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do. I we knew for we knew there was elk there. Yeah. It was just whether or not when we were going to find them. Mm-hmm. So you get in there, that's snowstorm. Dude, that, that was, was the crazy. year I got snowed on every single hunt from August all the way. Oh yeah, the car- that was the year the, the caribou the hunt. You got every snowed on. Every single hunt I went on that fall I got snowed on. Yes, it was early and often. It felt yes. like last year. Rain and snow. Yeah, so Josh and I just got back from that caribou hunt with trail where we had shitty weather and snow and all that. As we're hiking in, just pouring down rain. We get to the first spot. We run into a couple people that already had shot a bull. Oh, really? Yeah. We were in, they're, they weren't too far in. And they already had good luck. They shot like two bulls. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, so then we went in a little bit further. Started what? raining. What dates did you go? Um, What was it? I mean, it had, you've got the whole month of September. It had to have been, I want to say it was like the 15th to the 26th. Okay. Like 15th. So kind of prime time. Yeah. 
Yeah, something like that. So you ran into these two guys, and they already killed two two bulls? Is that yeah. dis- discouraging to you? <laughs> or are you just like, whatever? Well, they were in a spot I, we were, we were going to go past anyway. Okay. Oh, that's good. And they knew right away who we were. There's they one did? Of those. Oh, yeah. Because you, you have the cameraman with you, and they're like, oh, you guys are the go hunt guys, aren't you? <laughs> they're probably pissed, like, here we go. They're going to they're gonna blow up my spot now. Yeah. Were they locals, you think? Yeah. I think I think it was an outfitter, but they were spiked camp in there. Like, mm. They didn't have any horses, but horses get to them pretty easily. Sure. But yeah, then it starts raining. We put up our tents that night, heard some bugles, wake up that next morning, just kind of keep. We had like a spot in mind that we we're trying to get to that was a little bit further in. And then it starts snowing. And then it snowed probably like six inches. Cold? Oh, my God. It looked really Freezing. cold. Freezing. Freezing. The one morning you guys were making a little campfire? Dude, we had like I, I had my bow out, and that thing, I've never had this having completely ice. Yeah. Because it was like really wet, and then it was snowy. It's just icy. Yeah, that's My dope. bow was completely frozen, so we had to make a fire to melt. That's what you were doing. Like melt the ice off our bows. Hmm. Because that's, yeah, that stone glacier tent you had does not have a big enough vestibule to throw a bow underneath there. No. I was just doing what trail does, just throw it underneath the tree. Yeah. <laughs> it works. It always warms up. It does. Yeah. I mean, typically it does. I knew I should put my rain fly over it. I'm like, damn it. Because <laughs> then you have to make a fire in the morning. That was really pissing me off. Yeah, so you wasted some hunting time doing Everything's that. Everything's just soaking wet. So was that your first day in there, your first full day, or was it the second full day? That would have been, yeah, that would have been the evening of our first full day. It started snowing. Yeah, it started snowing. So it's kind of a bummer to start to the hunt. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It goes both ways, right? You get that cold snap, maybe the bulls, you know, pipe up and get going because it's a little cooler and, you know, they've got less uh, less to worry about being so hot running right. around. But then it's also just – it just makes things harder. It's cold. Cold, it's wet. wet. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we had a good feeling on the backside of that that – It was going to be good. Yeah, it should be good. When that storm broke – so when did the storm break? Did it snow all night? Yeah, it snowed all night. That next morning it broke, and they weren't they weren't as fired up as I thought. Like we probably heard one bugle. They weren't bugling in the mornings, mm-hmm. hardly ever. But I think it, it was a full moon for like the first three or four days. Yeah. So I think they were up a lot. Up all night. Yeah, up all night, and they're hitting the bed pretty early. So we wouldn't hear a lot of bugles in the morning. I think it was the second day. Then we just so happened to be like, we're moving camps again, going across this. We're like across the canyon of this huge north-facing slope, and one popped off a couple times. And we knew he was going to bed in there. So then we kind of went in there. We tried calling at him, calling at him. And my guess is we weren't – we thought we were closer than what we were, and he didn't bugle or anything. So then we just kind of backed out, ate some lunch, just kind of waited. Figured that he was better in there, and then he let off a couple bugles, and then that's when all hell broke loose. <laughs> that, that was an interesting scene, too, because you can tell you guys are stalking for the snow. It makes it probably a little quiet. Yeah, so, and then it was, all the snow was melting, so it was, like, really yeah, loud. Yeah, that's like, the point I was going to bring up. Dripping. Like, yeah, just dripping everywhere, You guys snow. are just getting soaked while you're standing there, cold. Like, you yeah. can see Josh, like, every time he breathes, I like can see all that, you yeah. know, just the breath coming And what out. happened was we, were, we heard him bugling, and we thought he was walking away from us down this ridge. So we got just started going beeline right at him, and we ran into one of his cows bedded, like oh. 30 yards. A little calf got up, just kind of meandered around. Then basically what I did, I called this calf in. I just gave it some, and then it started coming around, and then the bull was not too happy about that. Mm, he started ripping. 
what time of day would you say that was? That was probably noon, one o'clock. So they were bedded. They were all, he had his little harem bedded, and, right. and he probably piped off a couple times from his bed. And then one of his cows got up. And got he, up, and he got up to check things out. Yeah. Which I think is a great. I mean, it's a great point. I I've killed most of the elk that I've killed that I've called in. I've killed during that time of day, like kind of that mid afternoon when they've probably you know been on the go all morning, found their bed bedded down and then you kind of just creep in and if you can keep those bulls talking like just enough to like get you close i think sometimes you can have really good luck just a couple cow calls you know and, and he'll get up to kind of check things out yeah and we i think for that we really got fortunate that we had the snow and all that cover because like mm-hmm. we essentially bumped bumped one of his cows but it was we could we didn't bump her so bad like she was still in her bed and she didn't know what we were and just kind of got up and started walking around and then once he got up she completely forgot about us because he started pushing her, mm-hmm. pushing her through the woods. So is he bugling at that point? Oh, but he's, he's <laughs> <laughs> he fired him up real good. Oh God, he was ripping in our face. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, he was. And we had this one clearing off to the left where if he would have came in, it seriously would have been a ten-yard shot, like wide open, perfect. Like it was a clearing, and you could see that it was just thick where they're in their bedding, and he just kind of worked. He worked up and around that and just just kept going through thick stuff. My brother, full draw, yeah. well, why pulling down, pulling back, pulling down, pulling back. Why don't he's just elk pushing ever, it. Why don't they ever know the script, you know? They don't realize you're filming. You're supposed to come out in the open. Yeah. Ten yards, just slam dunk. Yeah, it was it was pretty high tense. Like, because he was 20 yards away from us. Just behind the thickest brush ever, and just screaming, just ripping, <laughs> just going back and forth, and like you, you can hear the cow, and I'm like ten feet behind Josh. I'm like facing the opposite direction, so I sound like I'm further oh, down, yeah. further mm-hmm. down there. So he'll, I'm like trying to lure in this cow because it was a calf, like a baby. I was trying to just go, like, come over here, <laughs> get over here, get over here. And finally, it came out. And if the bull would have came out right where the calf would have been, five yard shot. So the calf comes down through the trees like five yards in front of my brother. And then the bulls, he worked back around to try to cut it off, and it was probably like 30 yards. And then that's when you see the cow. Because, like, my brother took one step to the left to, like, clear lane, and that's when the cow spooked. Oh, and then yeah. the bull came out at, like, 30 yards and and shot it. Yeah, so as you're watching that, to me, I remember – looking at it and you kind of see this elk move and i remember you know as i watched the video a few times like my eyes focusing on this elk and this elk kind of spooks right and it mm-hmm. runs off and i'm thinking like oh that's the bull and then you see the bow go off and, and i'm thinking like did you know did that elk move and then he shot but then i watched it a few times and you actually see the bull kind of coming back behind yep. that cow mm-hmm. and he's just kind of working the fringe of that timber right and, and kind of just must yeah. he must just pop out like you know yeah 30 yeah, yards from Josh. Like, yeah 30 yards and he was just behind like you could tell he was trying to loop back around to cut off where she was walking mm-hmm. and then from where i was standing i was like i said like 10 feet behind josh and where I was seeing, right when the shot went off initially, I couldn't tell, like, which angle it was to Josh. But to me, it was perfect up and down, like, perfect dead center in the body. The only thing is, like, directly behind that shoulder, like, tight. 
Like it was tight behind the shoulder. Quartering away? Yeah, and then come to find out, he said it was quartering away a little bit. Mm. And then it was, it would have been uphill from where he was at. So he was technically shooting uphill. Mm-hmm. But like initially, I was like, Dead bull. Yeah, because he got he got enough penetration where I knew he didn't like hit he the didn't hit a like, joint yeah. or anything. Yeah, like it was over maybe half over half the arrow was mm-hmm. in it, and he was shooting a giant fucking broadhead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I even I even saw you guys too. It was really kind of exciting right away. I was like, you guys were both jacked on how big that bull was. Yeah, and how it just came together just yeah. like that. Yeah, he was he was a solid. Solid six point for sure. Yeah, there's that one clip you can kind of see his back end as he comes through, and you the can back see he's got a nice. he's got a pretty decent, I mean, good fifth. You yeah, know, you can tell he's a nice six point bull. Yeah, that's the hard part about the film is you can't. It was so hard to get a good look at him. Whereas like we can see him doing all this shit, but like where our cameraman was, it's hard to see like a really good picture mm-hmm. of that bull through all that thick stuff. Yeah, it's really hard to. I mean, it's hard to hard to explain, but it's pretty dang tough to get an elk to do exactly what you want it to, and and get everything to work out exactly on film. I mean, there's just so many variables, you know, being in the right spot. And you, I mean, the camera guy's trying to do his job, but then he's also trying to not impede on your, <laughs> you know, yeah. what you're trying to do. It can be really tough. Yeah, because I told him, I said, don't don't move. Like <laughs> these elk are on top of us. Like you, you do can't not move. move. Yeah. Like we need you to sit right there, because he he was a little bit further behind Josh too. He was like right in between us, mm-hmm. so he wasn't right next to Josh to like see what he was seeing. Yeah. So you think that bull come into a cow call? Is that I mean? Yeah, yeah. We cow called that. I mean, we just, just he, cow call. He for sure heard us bugling that first time we went in on him. Mm-hmm. We were just too far. Like we were out of his, where he didn't feel threatened. Yeah. I'm sure he heard those bugles, but then once we got in there, yeah, it was. He liked the cow calls. What was he? What were you using for cow call? The the easy Z estrus. Yeah, the bite and blow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is one of those situations. Obviously, I don't elk hunt, so I'm just gonna ask her probably a dumb question. Like, were you as a caller? Like, could you have done something different looking back now to maybe pull that bull into that opening, or was it just kind of it's random because he had that cow there, and so he's kind of just like you said yeah. cutting that cow off. Is there anything else you could have done? No, to it, he was pretty much focused on on that cow and zigzagging in this. I think the only time I was when we thought he was like walking away, I'd like blow a call different. Like I was trying to steer him like with way I was like calling, like looking different directions. Okay. It seemed like I was somewhere else to try to like yep. make him try to come back. But what I was doing, I was just calling in the cow. The cow was trying to find me the whole time, hmm. and it did. It the cow came, yeah, right to like it was five feet from him and two feet from me. Like the cow yeah. was right on top of us. That can be really frustrating. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> that year I took my kid on that um, first season Colorado rifle taunt. You know, it was early October, October 10th. And, I mean, we had multiple times when I called bulls in, but, you know, he came in pushing, you know, 10 to 15 cows and calves. And we had, what, two times where we had cows at six feet, you know, just like mm-hmm. right in front of yeah. us. And I'm, you know, I got my hand on my kid's shoulder, just like, do not move, you know, and, I mean, inevitably, they're going to see you and, right. and, and bust you. And, yeah. like, that bull's just right there. It can be so hard. It can be so frustrating. Cows always getting in the way. They're always ruining things. Mm-hmm. Those cows are little little protectors, I think. Cows and trees. Yeah. Yeah, and then that shot, and then. I got to talk about. The, the shot's the. I mean, I, I wanted to commend Josh on the way he yanks that bow back. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, he, he gets it back. that sucker quick. Yeah, he was. I'm getting a full draw now. <laughs> I think that I think that was like his third or fourth time like coming to Oh, full really? Draw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he he drawn back probably three or four times before that. He let yeah. down, pull back, let down, pull back. Yeah, man, he got it back and he I mean, he was buried in the back wall. He was ready he to go. Was ready to go. Yeah. So when he shoots, what's your you're feeling? You're thinking dead bull. Yeah, I instantly thought dead bull when I saw. No it. hesitation, dead bull. Yeah, I thought for sure dead bull, and then it's always one of those things. I think you can you can get a good you can get a better feel for what the shot was by like reading the person that shot it, right? Oh yeah, because they they either have an instinct of like I like if they're confident and they are, then you have a good idea that it's. It's probably a good shot from like what I saw, but then when I started talking, like I could tell he was a little hesitant and like mm-hmm. he was he wasn't for sure about the shot. You can kind of see that on the film too. Like it, either he's just stone cold in the moment, but the way he's just sitting there and not like saying anything after the shot, he's probably just trying to process like yeah. did I make a good shot? Was right. It? So when I when I realized that, I figured there was maybe there was something that I wasn't seeing, and yeah. that's when I started talking to him. I was like. What angle was it at? And he's like, it was quartering away. And then I instantly thought, I'm like, shit, he's he's tight to the shoulder and a quartering away. Like, there's a lot that can go wrong there. Yeah, you might be in front of the vitals. Right. Just a game of inches at that point. Yeah. Like, literally is. Yeah. But the thing that he was shooting a three-blade expandable, so I'm like, God, he got that much penetration, a three-blade expandable. Yeah. Like, he had to have hit something. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've thought about this situation a lot, and – at the time that I I didn't think about that I've realized now that I think played a big factor in that shot was the elevation of that bull compared to where he was. So that the bull was higher than him, so he was shooting uphill. And I just, there's nothing up there. <laughs> nothing good when the arrow's going up, especially if you shoot it tight to the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing. I mean, you, I mean, I think everybody thinks behind the shoulder you know what i mean that's what you're thinking right that's like the the shot for an art you know for an archer is behind mm-hmm. the shoulder and a lot of those times like as the angle of the animal changes i mean if he's quartering away from you you know at that point it almost feels odd but you're moving that point of impact back right. body i mean you're wanting right. to hit like just inside maybe the last rib and i mean i've always thought that you kind of aim for that opposite leg you yeah. know and you're kind of trying to angle that arrow up through the vitals but like in the moment man it's it's hard to hard to keep everything together, you know. Yeah. If you like, if you looked at it broadside and the where he shot it, it would have been Dead like bull. where you put like a pin on it to shoot a bull. Yeah, like perfect up and down, just right behind the shoulder, mm-hmm. like tight against that shoulder. So that was kind of like a very similar shot that you had in Wyoming a couple years ago. Then, weren't you yeah. shooting at a bull like yeah, uphill? Uphill, yeah. And mine was my shot was high, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. still was able to get both yeah. lungs fortunate, but it was perfectly broadside. Mm. Yeah, high lung. So after he shot, it sounds like he was a little hesitant. And that is a hard feeling. Like, yeah. it's a hard feeling. I couldn't tell because he is kind of, like, a pessimistic a little bit sometimes when it comes to, like, he he's, like, he doesn't want that bad juju of, like, jinxing it. Yeah, he's, yeah, like, one of those, he's like, seriously, one of the guys, he's, like, do not, don't say it's dead until we find it. Yeah. Like, he doesn't want to jinx anything. And I'm over, like, dude, that bull is dead. <laughs> <laughs> that bull is done. You're celebrating. Oh, I'm jinxing it so bad. Uh, did you guys just hang out then? Like, yeah. Yeah. So we waited 30, 40 minutes before we took up the trail. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't too worried. 
I mean, we're, you had we're tracking in snow, so yeah. we were going to find blood. You didn't hear it fall, though? No, didn't hear it fall. But then yeah. I was thinking, well, the yeah. ground's covered in snow. Rain. And you had all that rain, that melt yeah. coming down. Sometimes off you don't. Yeah, sometimes you don't. And then, yeah, we picked up the trail, and we were finding blood here and there. And, like, it was you, – you could tell it was coming out of one side, just, just on his right side, just the blood, and we're falling it. And as you keep going further and further, the arrow's still in it. Like, it was decent enough blood for me to think, like, all right, I'm feeling good about this. And then just further and further and further, and pretty soon you're, like, 300 yards. And I'm like, mm. we might, might need to sit and think about what's going on here. Yeah. From just, a from a blood perspective, I mean, what were you seeing? Color? I mean, I, I've been through this before, yeah. and I kind of know you're you're thinking about every possible, right. you know, scenario. You're you're thinking about the color of the blood you know you're <laughs> you know get down on your knees and smell it you know you're looking right. for any kind of green or anything like that yeah, you're I mean, looking, i'm like looking for air bubbles like yeah but the blood you were seeing I mean, what was it like we were once we got to like 300 yards and we hadn't found it dead yet what i was starting to think was with what the knowledge i knew of where the shot was tied to the shoulder quartering away I started thinking maybe he only clipped one lung. Mm-hmm. Like we're seeing one, because it looked it looked decent enough to think like it was a shot that would kill the animal. Mm-hmm. So then I started thinking, you know, we might be looking at a one lung hit, which they can go a long go ways away. with one lung. Yeah. What's Josh's demeanor like at that point? Not very happy. Not good. Yeah. I mean, is he's, it, he was because he already. Yeah, it's just like depressing. It's very like takes takes the wind out of your sails a little bit. As as his brother and kind of his hunting partner, I mean, what what are you talking to him? Like, what's your self talk at that point? I was telling him like, dude, we'll find this bull. Like, I've tracked enough animals. Yeah. Like, I felt like I was it. We've done we've done this enough times that like we're good enough trackers. Like, even if it is maybe not the best shot, like we'll be able to find it. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't. I didn't have it. We have snow. We could follow his tracks. Like, yeah. we're in perfect conditions to find this bull. And I was, I was still confident. Like, even if it was a one long shot or something, that we would be able to find it sooner mm-hmm. or later. And then, then, it, so then we sat for like a couple hours. And we picked up the trail again, and then when it started going straight uphill, I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> this is not good. And then we found the arrow. And he was going up, I mean, straight uphill, just marching. Is he bleeding a lot going uphill? Not not a ton. Hmm. Not a ton. Like, we were always, like, able to find blood, but it wasn't like... It's not dumping. You weren't just, like, walking. Every once in a while you'd have that, but... Mm-hmm. Then we found the arrow, and we saw that he, he got decent penetration. It was probably, like, half, maybe a little over half the arrow. So you found the back half, Fletch, Fletch in? The, the, yeah, Fletch... The only thing that was still in him was in that broadhead. Yeah, the right. broadhead was missing. I noticed that. Yeah, the whole insert was still in him. The whole elk going uphill thing is interesting because I, I think there's just – I mean, you always hear, like, you know, an animal that's hit hard, hit well, it won't go uphill. Um, I, I mean, I've shot a bull. I shot a bull out of a wallow one time, 40 yards, went downhill, turned, and went straight up a hill. I mean – Did it? Yeah, 150 yards – stone dead on top of this little knoll and i remember you know i hiked I, he was in a wallow so he was you know muddy and i shot him you know maybe an hour and a half before dark 
and uh, I couldn't find blood, but I was falling like mud, mud and water, and turned, and same thing, just like you. I looked up the hill, and I was like, son of a bitch. I don't think he's went up that hill. Elk hit hard, don't go uphill, you know, but like I'm starting to see like little drops of mud and water, and up you go, and like he was dead right there on the top. So I, I mean, generally I would say it's not the case that they do, but sometimes they do. Right. I mean, elk are giant tough animals tough they can go no doubt yeah and then by this time we've probably gone mile had hadn't taken a single bed yet went up the hill you've gone a whole mile yeah are you tracking this like yeah. with your with your app your map app yeah yeah we're just kind of like someone we're like where we last fall saw blood and like by the time we got all the way up to the top of the hill like it was probably a mile wow and then once and then that's when it because once he got up on top of the hill, he was essentially going from a north-facing to a south-facing that had no, no snow. snow. Yeah. Man, a blood tracking for a mile is tedious. Oh, my God. I mean, even if it's a relatively good blood trail, I mean, that is tedious. Like, that's a long ways. And the whole entire time, you're just beat down. Like yeah, and then we get to the top, and you see it's just sage, and you're like, oh, this is going to be tricky. <laughs> this is going to be tricky. Dude, and we, so we shot it at one, started tracking at two, and we tracked we tracked all the way till sunset. Okay. Like we were fr- we we're on blood found blood, the whole time, and then once it got to that south facing, like it was just it was hard to find blood, and you're basically just going off its tracks. And then we ended up, then he went back. He'd go in some patches of snow that were, like the trees had still had snow, and we'd find some blood. But yeah, then after that day, it was like. So did you camp that night, just mm-hmm. right there, and then? Yeah, we had, we had the camp on our backs the whole time. So mm-hmm. then we just you just pick it up the next morning. Yeah, picked it up, picked it up the next morning, and then that night, if you watch the film, there's like, you had to be there to understand what he's talking about. Josh is like, yeah, I was screaming and yelling last night. I had night terrors, <laughs> and no shit. So I wake up and I hear him just screaming and yelling. Really? I thought it was like kind Wait, of. Wait, what? Yeah, he was. So he does this shit. He he talks in his sleep all the time. Really? Oh, yeah. He's like, hello. <laughs> He's yelling in his. You're like, we're in our separate tents. I'm sleeping. And all of a sudden, I hear him like, hey, hello. <laughs> hello. Just yelling hello. I'm Are like, you like, shut up? Yeah, I'm like, Josh, what? What? And then he woke up and he went back to sleep. Has he always done that? Yeah. Yeah, he always has done that. There's got to be some good stories there in him. Yeah, he always has some like. He's always talking and sleeping shit, but so he was having night terrors. Yeah, that's huh. when that's when you see the scene, and he's like, "Yep, I had some night terrors last night," and like it seems wow. like, "Oh, he just had bad dreams." And yeah, I, and I was like, "Yeah, you're screaming, and yelling." Like he was legit screaming and yelling in his <laughs> in his tent. Oh my god! And Joe's like, "What was that?" Our cameraman. I'm like, "Yeah, he's he talks in his sleep he's, sometimes." It's like that scene from Step Brothers. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> where they get up and annihilate the kitchen and yeah. <laughs> go back to bed. That's how I picture Josh. But yeah, then it was, I mean, basically the same thing the next the next day of tracking, tracking, tracking. And is this when you got in that timber patch and? Yeah, we split up. So it was like we had this plan, like you know, we're kind of gridded. Like now we're just going off hoof prints. There's hoof prints everywhere. Yeah, like, that's got to be hard. Like so I have this out. picture of his hoof. Like I've seen it a thousand times. Like it's this humongous, perfect square, like big elk, big pie plate. Yeah. Then you'd see, like, oh, this is it. And you're kind of 
fall in that same path up there, then it goes into a game trail and you lose. And yeah, then we we ended up just somehow like gritting and looking, and we split up. And I had no clue where he went. And I'm like looking over here, and I'm just like, oh, let me bugle a couple times. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Dude, and then the thing was, like, we weren't even that far apart. Like, this is when I realized, like, hearing bugles. Mm-hmm. Like, we weren't even that far, and he couldn't hear my bugle. Hmm. And then we finally came, I came around this edge, and I could see him, and I was bugling as hard as I could, and he could not hear it. Like, hmm. I could see him with my eye, just ripping bugles, and he could not hear it. Interesting. Yeah, Josh was just off in his own little world, or? Yeah, he was just falling. He's like, I thought you, I thought you guys just kept going down this ridge. So did you spend that whole day looking? The whole entire day. The whole entire day. We're scanning. It's like. So you're almost at two full days right now because yeah. you're trying to met one. Yeah, so we're trying so we, to two. We got to the backside of this, and there's like, there's only so many dark timber patches. It's like we're just like checking them off, just going through them. Like we're figuring like, oh, he went into a dark timber patch. Like he had to have bedded down if he was like fatally hit. Mm-hmm. He'd bed down sooner or later. Checked him, checked him, checked him, nothing. And then we see birds flying. Like, over this one. I'm like, all right, let's end of the day. Like, we have nothing to lose. Let's go check it out. Let's go check it out. And I'm walking down, and I see antlers. I'm like, holy fuck. (laughs) Found it. I cannot believe we just found this thing. And that's like, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. I'm like, I can see that it's fully quartered. Elk's a lot smaller. Yeah. And as I'm getting closer, I'm like, oh, shit. Did Josh see this the bull the same time? Bull. Like, did he see – do you call him over and say, hey, I see a bull? Yeah, yeah. I wonder what that's like. Yeah, it was kind of like, I think I see something over here. Oh, man. And I think <laughs> he was – just going he, from the lowest lows uh, out of the high right away. Yeah, and then back to the lowest. Low. The, the thing is, we never – we didn't really get, like, super high because – Instantly you could tell it was quartered, right? It was quartered. It was a lot smaller. So it was, like, maybe, like, a second one just like, oh, my God, there it is. And then as we're getting closer, it's just like – that's not the arbol. Yeah. Ugh. Fully quartered out. There's a little five point. So what's the story with that bull? I mean, what do you make of it? You walk up on a bull in the woods. and How far do you think you were from where he shot it at that point? Probably a couple miles. A couple miles. You walk up it's on It's probably it. a couple miles by, like, foot. But if if you looked just, like, by crow, it wasn't. It was just on the other side of the face. Okay. But, yeah. So what do you think? What's I mean, what's the story there? And what do you what do you so, make of it? So when I when we got lost, I was like up I was up on this really high knob just like trying to find him, and I saw I saw a, a guy with a mule, okay. going on this trail, cutting towards that direction. Which like, you could tell this was a there's definitely horses like we've seen horses in there, and this guy was going by and I was running down to him actually, like I run down this hill to try to grab this guy to be like hey have you seen a Oh, yeah. Have you seen a dead bull? Have you seen my brother? <laughs> have you found anything? I'm lost. <laughs> I don't know where I'm at right now. Do you have any food? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sprinting down here. I could not catch up to him. So then he was gone. And then then I found Josh again. And then what I think happened was from when, when we got up to this dead bull, like it was shot in the guts. You could see there's like a huge wound in the guts. Which is totally different than where you guys shot. Right. So you instantly knew. Yeah. And you can also tell like that rack is – Completely yeah, a, different. Yeah, he's yeah. a five-point. Right. Yeah, you guys were going after a big six. And so what, what I figured happened was he shot it in the guts, so it probably took him a little time to track it, probably couldn't find it right away. So I think when he did find it, 
Like he knew he didn't have a lot of time, so I think he just completely quartered it out, took all the meat, right. and, and left the head. Like can't eat the head. Like I'll come back and get this later. Yeah. So I think he was just trying to get all of his meat out as quick as as possible, and then come back and get the head. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, yeah it was a weird thing. You get there, and you're like, fuck, what? What's going on here? Why is there just an <laughs> elk with a head and nothing else? I just can't imagine. I mean, I, I'm sure I would feel so gutted. You'd be yeah. defeated. Oh, I'd be yes. so defeated because I mean, you think you found your bull. You're excited about it, and then, you know, within the exact same instant, you're just like, that's not my bull. That's it was terrible. Somebody else's bull. It was absolutely terrible. And then, I'd like, after that, I was just like. You're just toast. I'm done. Like, let's go sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then that night, oh, my God, Jurassic Park. <laughs> really? Dude, we're, oh, bugles everywhere. Just ripping everywhere. So is it like I think he said it too. It's like adding salt to the wound. Yeah, you're just sitting there and just elk are ripping everywhere. You're like, god damn it! Like that night or like middle of the night? Middle of the night. Yeah, like we had one. I bet you, fifty. We're camped twenty yards from like this humongous old wallow. Uh huh. There's no water anymore, but it's just a giant wallow, and it's kind of like a open prairie pasture kind of thing. And one just cranked at that, like fifty yards from the top. <laughs> What do you, when do you, I mean, what do you make, what's the next decision, I guess, you make? So you guys, you make camp that night, Elker bugling. I mean, did you guys talk that night about what the rest of your hunt, you know, what to do? You know, how do you make that decision to, to either keep hunting or, you know, pack it up, head back? I mean, what's that like? Yeah, so that night we talked and we kind of we kind of decided we had we had a couple more dark timber patches that we hadn't checked. So you want to go back and grid some more. Yeah. So there was there's like we've checked everything besides these two like let's just check it off so then we know we've You've we've, done. we've we've due diligence. We've, we've done all that we could. Mm-hmm. So we got up that morning, we checked those, nothing. We ran into a hunter. We asked him like, "Hey, have you, you know, seen any dead elk?" Well, he's like, "Nope, nothing." Nothing. And then, and then that's kind of like after we checked that spot that next day, we're just like made a decision. Well, like to me at that point is that bull is just as good alive as it is dead. Like there's, there's no way of, you just don't know. We don't know. And there's literally nothing else we could do. Yeah. It's hard. So you essentially you looked for another another day, then you checked the, the next two timber patches and kind of checked those off yeah, your so list. So at like, that point, yeah. you're like three days of looking. Yeah, yeah, I think they said in the film 40 hours total, so that's three full days Yeah. of well, just mental defeat. Yeah. So it's hard just like, thing just to swallow. Yeah, that is hard. From what, from, I mean, from what we saw and what we did, to us, it leads us to believe that that elk is still alive. Yeah. Like there's, I mean, we couldn't, we didn't find it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if he's got a mile, I mean, that's what's, I mean, that's what's interesting to me when you say he's got a mile, you know, up and over a hill and, you know, you haven't found any signs of him like bedding, you know, he's not pooling blood. I mean, an elk that's fatally hit, even an elk that's hit one lung isn't going a mile usually. I mean, right. they they may hole up and, and kind of lay down and... <laughs> take a break because i mean one lung is a significant deal right so i mean the fact that you've trailed him you know at least that far and then spent you know two more whole days looking i mean the likelihood of him still being on the hoof and cruising around breeding cows is pretty good is there something to be said too because 
obviously when you found the arrow and after this three full days of tracking it, now you're like thinking you could be still alive that that broadhead just did probably lodge in some bone and that's why the broad like the broadhead you didn't recover it it broke off and like you hit a bone and that elk right. totally could just be alive yeah. my my theory is it went from where he was standing above josh and quartering away and the shot being tight on the shoulder i'm saying it went over the top of the lungs because like, you know the further front you go in an animal the lungs go down mm-hmm. so i think he just went like right here and he was going the arrow was going up so i think it went over the top of the lungs in that like dead space above their mm-hmm. like shoulder blades and like jammed into its other Opposite shoulder like, yeah like neck yeah. area yeah. like that muscle this is kind of what I what I did. So obviously, everyone knows I lost a giant deer in Colorado in 2015, and I was like the same thing, just mentally destroyed. Still am to this day. <laughs> um, one, one thing I had on my phone, I still have it too. It's like you're saying, like the animal anatomy and where the lungs are and everything. I have this app on my phone that actually is animal anatomy, and it's like a 3D view. It's a good I can, tip. And I actually can take that and I can move it around. You can like layer on the bones, then layer on the all the organs and everything in there, and you can move it at certain angles. And you can kind of then reposition it to how that animal was. And I was like, well, I hit it this last rib. And for you guys, you could just like, mm-hmm. we hit it right here. Was there any lungs there? And like you're saying, it probably didn't hit any of that stuff. Yeah. But like having that app like that, like kind of. Yeah, it gives you a better view. Of better view. And they can understand that you did do your diligence and you, the elk is probably still alive. But like I was on that app for every single day after I, you know, hit that buck and was trying to find it like. I know I hit it here. Could have I hit that little bit of a liver? Could have I hit that artery? Like, just trying to, like, you know, reassure myself, like, I know it's dead or what's going on. Like, just yeah. trying to get a closure somehow. But Yeah, it's always tough. And then it's always a tough, like, what now what do we do? Yeah, now yeah. what do you do? That's always the hardest question. The biggest thing in hunting is what do you do after this? And to me, I said, well, that bull is still alive, so we'll – keep hunting yeah that's and whatever people would give me hate for it i don't you know that was my decision from what i did and all my due diligence you guys put in the i work. came up to the evidence saying more than likely that bull is alive still. yeah not not fatally hit right yeah and we're not gonna find it so let's keep hunting yeah i know i mean i i remember i went with a buddy one time and he shot a cow on a late season rifle hunt and it was close enough to a road we could you know, get it out relatively easily. And so I gutted it for him. And I remember reaching up in there to, you know, pull out that upper portions of, you know, innards. <laughs> and I grabbed onto something and I was like, that feels weird. And it felt like a handle, like up in there, right? And uh, kind of separated and looked up in there. And it's exactly like you're saying. There was an arrow. Somebody had shot that bull uphill. Or not a bull's cow. Shot this cow uphill. And she had broken that arrow off on either side of the cavity. So it had gone through both sides, but just, you know, wedged in underneath. And, and it was just underneath her backbone, her spine, you know, maybe an inch, inch and a half, two inches. And, um, you know, above the lungs. And that just grown over. There was just like all this tissue growing around it. But it was just a hunk of carbon arrow. Just, in there. just stuck in there. But, you know, that cow was an old big cow. And, I mean she was as healthy as, as could be yeah. so you just i mean you don't you don't know and right. like you know i keep going back to it but like if you follow that bull for a mile you know he's not fatally hit no yeah it didn't bed once that was the thing that kept getting me he's like if a bull is fatally hit it's gonna have to take a bed 
Yeah. Sooner or later, like, it's going to have to bed. Did not find a single bed. Yeah. So you guys make the decision to, to keep hunting, right? To keep hunting. We're back at it. And we knew there was elk there. <laughs> we could hear them all night the night before. So we had a good we had a good game plan. Like, yeah. they're just over in this basin over here in this dark timber. So... So you guys chase elk in there for how how many more days? I mean, is That's it probably it'd have been like two or probably three more days? So you're out for what yeah. at this point? Seven days, eight days? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, they were. I mean, they were rutting hard, no doubt about it. And it was it was one of those things. I mean, we were just always behind them, like everything we try to do. Like you could hear them. We're like, all right, let's get it right here and cut them off. Like get in front of them, get in front of them. And we could just never get in front of them. Just always just like a hair behind them. That's, that's what I noticed. You guys were close. Oh, my so God. So many times in this film. Like you were in bowls. Dude, it was one of those where there's so many elk everywhere just running around. Like they just would pop up out of nowhere. <laughs> Surprise. And like you're looking like this way, and all of a sudden you look to your left, and you're just like, shit, there's an elk right there looking mm-hmm. at us. They're just running around rutting hard. Did, did you say, oh, no, there's a bull? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like I did in Wyoming. Yeah. That's about how it was. Surprise attack. Yeah. Well, one thing, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead or where this fits in, but you had that, that bull coming on that wallow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that situation like? How close were you guys to that bull? Why didn't you were shoot you, that bull? Yeah, right? why didn't you shoot that bull? Were you guys sitting on the wallow or just like came across the wallow and then he came in? Quick? So we were – we chased these this whole herd of elk – we knew they're in there bedding, and we were coming down from the top. It was like in the afternoon, like three o'clock, probably so. And like we knew they're down in the bottom, all bedded, like midway up. And we're working down, and then we we bumped into this this elk, bedded right next to a wall. Then he just kind of got up. So then what it what it did it was it slowed us down to get in there. And then by the time we got down to where all the elk were, like they already were up moving. Mm. So then it was back to a chase. And then, I don't know, jo- Josh just didn't want to shoot it. Didn't want to shoot it, huh? Too young. Okay. Just a little guy. Looked like he could have. Oh, yeah. He definitely could have shot it. He was close. We were 30, 40 yards. Yeah, we were, we were definitely close on that on that wall, though, when he came in. and. Was there any point where you're like, I'd be happy taking this bull? Or you was like, he just Josh, in position? Josh, get out of the way. Let me shoot this bull. No. No. I didn't. You know, it didn't strike me as like, I really want to shoot you. I was, <laughs> was just like, I, I don't feel like shooting you. Was there any decision made? Like, 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 and that's that's something I always, like, you know right away if you want to shoot something. Like, if I'm convincing myself to shoot it, then I probably don't want to shoot that bad. And I don't, and I don't know, that's, how, that's just usually how I, if I want to shoot it, like, it takes like this. It's just, I don't think about it. Like, all right, I'm going to shoot it. Mm-hmm. If I have to think about it, I just don't do it. Hmm. Like, that's obviously something I don't want to shoot that bad. Yeah. And that's not, and I don't know, it doesn't necessarily depend on the size or this or that. I mean, obviously, that was a young bull. Like, it, yeah, wasn't, it wasn't very big, and I don't know. That's just usually how I like to go off of it. Like, it should be, you should know it instantly. And if you don't know it instantly, then maybe you don't not, need to. Not for you. And that maybe definitely comes. need to kill it. Definitely comes with a lot of experience, too. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you don't. There's nothing worse if you go up something and you're like, God, I really didn't want to shoot this. Yeah. It's mm. not a feeling anyone should have. So I think I think we both had to like and I think we're we're st- like we don't have regrets of not shooting that. Yeah. 
Like it's not something I look back like, oh damn, we should have shot that bull. <laughs> not it's even like, a no, little bit. If, if we, if we, if we <laughs> wish, well, we were in an absolute hellhole, so that would have been a real son of a bitch to get out. And it's not even that big. <laughs> that plays that plays a part in it too. Right. And yeah, I mean, when you're down in a hole and you look at a bull, it's like, yeah, I'm not in love with that thing. That definitely plays into your head. Right. Because they are big. But yeah, what what ended up happening was that bull. In the video, it looks like it was, whatever, 10 seconds in and out. I bet you hour and a half. Oh, really? That bull Mill, Milled around the wallow, and then it, like, looked at us, then walked over here, and then kept looking at us. And that whole time, like, we're trying – we know exactly where this herd is bedded, and we know exactly where they're going. Like, we're trying to get in oh, position yeah. for this herd. And that whole time, it just – and you can hear the elk are just moving below him, just bugling and just going by so you're like, God damn it. So you kind of don't want to blow them out and spook them towards the other elk and the whole game. Right. Yeah, so we had to wait it out. We had to wait till he left. That's why you didn't shoot him is because the possibility of something greater is oh, right yeah. there. Oh, yeah. So you're like, nah. I, I kept watching that, and I was like, dude, this bull's going to tear apart this wallow on, on film. We're going to see it just rolling yeah. that thing. He's just a little guy. He didn't know what he was doing in that wall. <laughs> <laughs> he was very nervous. He knew we were close. Yeah. Still, yeah. still cool to you yeah. know, be that, that close to a bull. Yeah, then it turned into a, like, no shit sprinting. Like, these elk were pushing so hard down this down this ridge. Like, elk everywhere just pushing these cows, pushing. And we're up on top. And, like, we can see them down below us, and we're just, we were on a dead sprint down this ridge. Just sprinting, sprinting, sprinting. And we finally get to, like, this clearing, and we see some cows in front of us. And I give, like, a couple cow calls. And I'll, like... Second, elk pops up right to the left. It's like 40 yards. I'm looking at it. I'm like, all right, here we go. Mm-hmm. And Josh, he's looking the other direction. Josh is looking at these cows. And, like, by the time he looks over and notices it, and he, like, pull. I mean, it, it wasn't there that long. It was probably 30 seconds. Like, you had to have been seeing it and, like. Oh, yeah, this is this scene you're talking about. Yeah, okay, I remember pulling back and shooting. And he looks at us, and then by the time he was, like, pulled back and bull went are you trying to motion to josh or anything Make i was any- so pissed after that because <laughs> <laughs> i told him i said dude you're going too fast like yeah we're, we're it flying just down this thing like i could tell like we were getting close to being in front of him so i was like come on so, like hold up like we're gonna get to an opening yeah and he was just fucking balls <laughs> to the walls down this ridge just flying <laughs> like i bet you i was like 20 30 yards behind he was going down it so fast <laughs> Yeah, oh. Josh hunts pretty aggressive. Like, he gets after it. Oh, he is a very fast hiker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he can move. I'll attest to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so then that happened. And then, like, we go 20 more yards, and there's another bull. Like, you can see it walking through. He's, he bugled at us, and, like, we call a little bit, and it just could never get a clear shot. Do so you think those are satellite bulls to a herd bull? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's one point there you can hear what sounds like a herd bull, and oh, he yeah. is that just that thing is gnarly. Yeah, I love that man. That was like, I mean, I've watched this film several times, like through production, and I mean through the entire thing. Like that's one part which just like makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up, just because that is like the epitome. Like yeah. when you hear a bull just rip like that, oh man, it's so good. Yeah, it just I, I wanted to see that bull bad. <laughs> yeah, and what, what we actually don't have on film. So, like, after this bull, Josh, we see it to the left of us goes. Then we have another encounter, could never get a clear shot. And, like, all these cows are just running 
bulls pushing, like they're going down this trail, and we're just kind of like following the same thing. And there's there's like a ditch. The trail goes down the ditch and goes right back up, like it's a little tiny ditch. And like we get to it and we stop and like we're talking. Mountain lion poof, pops out of the ditch. <laughs> what? Like five feet from us. Like you could tell this mountain lion was in the ditch, laying down, and like all these elk were coming across. So I'm guessing like he bedded down, thinking more elk were gonna come down this trail. And we just stopped, like, should we go this way? Should we go this way? And all of a sudden, mountain lion jumps out of this ditch and runs off. And then all the elk just Blew scatter. Up. Yeah. Man, bad luck. That freak you out? I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> we about died. <laughs> By a mountain lion. Nah, I wasn't going to die to a mountain lion. <laughs> big lion? Yeah, it was pretty big. I don't know. I've never seen one that close before. Huh. Yeah, that's crazy. I feel like I could fight a mountain lion. I don't know, man. It's like a, it's like a big angry dog. No. <laughs> Punch it. Oh, no. Gosh. I've only shot one lion, but I remember walking up underneath the tree and looking at that thing in a tree and just, just thinking like, oh, man. It could mess you just up. Just terrified. About got us. About got Josh. He was in front. If he would have went a little would bit you, further down Would you have pushed ditch. him into it? Eat him. <laughs> Take him. So that, I mean, that ended the evening hunt then, uh, afternoon. Yeah. And by that time, we had, that was like, we were completely empty on food. Mm. Yeah, and this is that decision time you guys yeah. had to make. And it was funny, where these elk were running were, like, basically taking us the opposite, like, taking us back to the trailhead. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, so we were, we were heading the right direction the whole time. Mm-hmm. So by the time the spot we got to, and, like, we already were couple miles closer to the trailhead and we knew we so we had like two days left i know it's it's a lot of logistics to go all the way back out then like to get back to the good spot like it's a ways in there it's a lot of like hiking time instead of hunting time so at that point you've been out there a week eight days seven eight days right and then you've got two days left right like what was the decision to break it up into like eight and two versus you know, four and four, five and five. Well, I thought for sure we'd kill one in five. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You kill one in those seven, eight days, you have to go back to camp. Right. Okay. So then you're going to get, you're going to get food. Gotcha. Like you're hoping you, you kill one. If you haven't killed one in eight days, like, you know, you're not in a good spot anyway. Got, gotcha. <laughs> I'm tracking. Yeah. So I'm always like, uh, I mean, it's kind of similar how we do it. Like if you haven't killed one in the spot and it's not going right or. Mm-hmm. No, so if you get into a spot that's shitty and there's no elk. Yeah. So this is bring like a week week of food. Right. And if hopefully you kill one in a week, you go back and get some more food. And we have done some hunts where we went hungry for a few days, so it's probably a good thing to have some extra. Yeah. This is this is one thing that we talked about in the, on the last podcast episode. So you guys got back to your truck, wanted to respawn food, then you had to make the hard decision. Do you leave elk to find elk? Right. Yeah, we left elk to find elk. Because you guys were just so frustrated about like, I the bad juju. You were over it. You felt such like such bad luck. And you felt like you maybe like touched Dude, every thing single was elk. Cursed in there. That's are literally su- how I was thinking. Are and you superstitious? A little bit. Are you? I can't. I don't like being around bad vibes, man. <laughs> There's bad vibes in there. <laughs> and and it was so we we hiked back that night, so we didn't waste any hunting time. So we were back at the trailhead. And we had, whatever, two days left. So then you think to hike back in, like, you're probably talking, like, you're basically 
almost a full day to get back in there. You probably have like an evening to hunt. Mm-hmm. But like from what we were seeing in there, these if you weren't on these elk, they were covering ground. Like these elk were moving miles and miles every day. Why? Dude, they were chasing so hard. Is that what you think? so hard. You think they're just moving cows? Dude, every day we were going like five miles a different direction, three miles a different direction. Like mm. they were moving so much. <laughs> like it was still kind of like a general area, but like if we weren't having our, our camp on our back and like staying within distance of them, like we would have to, you would have to work really hard to keep on them. Right. For sure. Like they were covering ground every single day. So then I was thinking, like, we'd have a long hike back in, so that's going to waste a lot of hunting time. Terrible, terrible luck in that place. <laughs> Just cursed. Bad memories. So, and we had we had another spot that was, like, a lot easier to get into. Like, we, we could get in there real quick. So, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I don't mind going to new places. Yeah, I don't mind right. seeing new country. Especially with such the bad luck that we had in there. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it is tough. It is always the thing, like, leaving elk to find elk. Yeah. And the thought is, too, like, there isn't a lot of hunting pressure in the spot, right? It was, you guys are kind of in your own. Oh, no, there's there was. It was enough where it's kind of like that thought process, like, if we go back, are more hunters maybe going to be in there now? Oh, yeah. There was. There was okay. a, yeah, there was a decent amount. Definitely horse hunters in yeah. there for sure. Yeah, we, we ran into a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Are you optimistic at this point that you're going to fill permits? You got two days left. Oh yeah, it's Wyoming. I mean, anything can happen. I mean, here, let me. If you paint the picture, you hit the trailhead. You've hit a bull and you didn't find it. You've had tons of close calls. Didn't work out. You pack out. You got two days to hunt. Is there any part of you that's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to bag this. Not in Wyoming. No. There's so much elk in Wyoming. That's why I wasn't too, like, nervous either. Yeah. Like, it's it's not – I don't know. I should, shouldn't say this because it'll probably be bad luck. <laughs> it's not that hard to find elk in Wyoming. There's They're almost everywhere. <laughs> if you know what elk habitat looks like, you should be able – like, you can elk. find them fairly quick. Yeah. So you're still pretty optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, pretty optimistic. And I think it was, like, the whole, like – Your you time's going to come. You're new. You're going to a new spot. You know, we went to the gas station in the morning. You had some like regular food. You mm-hmm. know, you're feeling good. What was your first? Uh, what'd you guys get at the gas station? Uh, I don't know, dude. I think I got a bunch of like burritos and roller dogs. Oh yeah. <laughs> tornadoes are my go-to. Yeah, I was gonna say you like those tornadoes. <laughs> oh, tornadoes are delicious. <laughs> Do you like the the what the pepper jack cheese ones? Oh, all of them. Deep fried. Yeah. Just yeah. dirty food. You guys are feeling re-energized, motivated. Yeah, and the spot we're going to is. I mean, we got on elk right away. Yeah. We no. ran into people, though, too. Yeah, you guys called in that hunter? Did you call in a hunter, or did he call you? He's calling. I'm like, if it's an elk, it's a baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not – like, I'm instantly thinking, like <laughs> – No shade. Like, let's not <laughs> – I don't know if we should go, like, even try this thing. But then like, you're thinking, like, remember that time Trail told us not to go on that bull because right. it was a spike and it was like a nice 286 right. point. Mm-hmm. You're like, God, this call sounds awful. But you know, you're right. You're thinking of that time when you're <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll just, we'll just try it. And sure enough, it was some dude calling. Was he pretty pumped that he called you in? Oh, he's like, hey. And then it was like, I was like, hey, what's up? He's what's like, up, buddy? Oh yeah, you guys are you guys are in here pretty far. Are you guys camping? And they're like, yeah, we're gonna camp. And he's like, oh yeah, we're. We're just 
I just hunting it for the day and just backing out. Not that it ever happens to me, but you got to imagine that some dude that calls two other dudes in is just like he's telling that story. Like somewhere, that yeah. guy in a bar in Wyoming is being like, "Oh yeah, he'll probably dude." I called Chris Neville. In. He'll point to this video. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah. Then we heard some bugles that that first day we we're in there, and then we camped that night, and we could hear him hear him bugling in this this canyon that we're fairly close to so we were feeling pretty good about the next morning then last day best day got on them got them on that next day do you like last days last day hunting i hate it i love it do you really the reason why i love it is like i've said it before but like i'm gaining all that hunting knowledge throughout the whole entire week so you feel like your chances are getting better better and better and better and i'm learning so i can always take that to a next hunt later on but it's like you're putting together all the pieces of the puzzle throughout that whole week. Eventually, you're going to get a layup. You're putting yourself, you know, in the right spot. Right. You're not giving up. You're not being lazy and not hiking as far. As long as you keep doing the right things the whole week, like, you're setting yourself up for success. Yeah, that's that really, definitely in, really interesting perspective. No, I, I get more motivated. Yeah, luck will find you. I, I feel like I think I'm a little opposite. Maybe that means I'm a little bit pessimistic, but there's a lot of times like I'm very optimistic at the first because I feel like I've done my homework. And to me, it feels like the longer I get in a hunt, almost feels like the door's closing. You know, I feel like this impending glass half empty guy. I I don't know. I feel this like impending doom. I I hate that last day. I hate a last day. That's interesting. It's a good way to look at it. I mean, that's to me. I mean, that gives me perspective to you know a new frame of mind to think about. Yes. Sooner or later, luck's got to find you if you put yourself in. Mm Hmm. In the position, something's yep. got to fall your way, but it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, it didn't. We it did the didn't. same exact thing. These elk were going down this ridge, just going the opposite direction of us, and we're kind of with them, trying to get in front of them. You know, same thing. Six point comes comes down from the top, just walking down. I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. We did it. <laughs> we really did it on the last day. Yeah. And it just stops right behind a bush. Josh is at full draw. And it just looks straight at us. Mm. Runs. So he's in range? Josh is at full draw. Dude, this thing is 20 yards. Oh, Oh, man. It's like we're on the the side of a face. And, like, we're going. Like, we'd stop and cow call a couple times. And then this bull just came off the top and just coming, like, straight down on us. Kind of angling. Yeah, kind of like it did for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it just... Stop right behind a bush. I said, shoot through the bushes. <laughs> no. <laughs> not with that, that mechanical. Not with that mechanical. <laughs> no, but not, then, not yeah. Blast that stop, stop right behind the bush. Ran off, and then. Have you guys had any discussion? I mean, I'll touch on it, but you, you had any discussion about equipment, about mechanicals? Do you feel like mechanical is the best choice? Do you feel like it didn't matter? What's your thoughts on that? I mean, I think it just matters where you hit it. If you hit mm-hmm. it in a good spot, it doesn't matter what, what broadhead you have on there. Right. But, like. you, but then on this circumstance, though, would have something different made divi- See, pay dividends the, for you? The thing is, I think if you would have had a, a fixed, it would have been a, a smaller broadhead. So, like, his chances would have been less, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I feel like with an expandable, your your chances of hitting something are better than yeah. with a fixed. I, I had I've always, but I grew up white hunting. That's what you you, sh- you always shoot expandables yeah i mean i do into the same thing in that colorado hunt i i've always killed all my deer before with mechanicals and for some reason i decided to shoot a fixed blade on that hunt hmm. shot great 
and then I'm second guessing myself the whole entire time. If I would have had a mechanical, I'd have cut a giant hole and probably would have killed that deer. Mm-hmm. Trying to blame it on equipment when, just at the end of the day, it was my fault and didn't make the perfect shot. Should have stopped the buck instead of let it walking. And you start weighing all those decisions. It's like probably no right or wrong way to do it, but you can always have those thoughts yeah. forever. I mean, the most important, if you hit it in the good spot, it'll. Yeah. 99.9% of the time, it will work. Whatever broadhead you have on there, if you hit it good, it'll die. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So you guys pull out, you get back to the trailhead. I mean, how are you feeling about it when you hit the, the trailhead on your way down, when you're way out? I mean, oh, you're done. Oh, dude, I was you're done. completely dead. Really? Just oh, tired, spent? My legs were just. Yeah, you had no gas in the legs, I remember you saying. Just dead. Like, it was a full nine-day, ten-day backcountry hunt of, you. we were covering country. You feel like you left it all out there? Yeah. It's it's those kind of hunts, like, even though you weren't successful, like, I still look at it. The only thing I like to look when a hunt's not successful in my eyes, if I wasn't even given an opportunity, mm-hmm. like an op- a chance, like my, my thing is I like to go out and if I can get one chance, then like I was put in a position and maybe something didn't go my way or it was my fault. But as long as I have one chance, then like I count that as a good hunt. We had plenty of chances this hunt. It just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. You guys were on elk. I know I've said a lot of times, but. You guys were in the right spot. It's like you were doing some of the right things. Just elk had another ideas for you. Yep. Yeah, when you're bow hunting elk or anything for that matter, everything has to go just right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yet you have to also have the skill and the ability to, like, you know, capitalize when that opportunity right. presents itself. But, you, you know, things have to go just right. It's And it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It, it happens. You feel good about the hunt, looking back on it? Good memories made? It's a little bit of a... Still a stinger? Oh, it's a stinger. Especially, especially when you had to watch that film when you're producing it here a hundred million times. Because then I, I'd, like, I'd send it to Josh to like, get feedback. He's like, ah, I'll just watch it once and be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's hard. like, I don't want to watch this anymore. It's hard. I mean, it sucked, dude. That was like the third day, like second or third day. Man. Like we would have been sitting pretty to shoot too. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And didn't. it was a decent bull for mm-hmm. general season. Yeah, but you, you yeah. got you got tags again this year. We're back. Redemption. <laughs> hey, there's a title of your next film, Redemption. This is this is the universe saying, "All right, boys, time to get it right." By blood, part two. I fucked you guys hard on the first time, but we're gonna give we're gonna give it to you. We'll give you some luck this time around. First blood, part two. No, re- yeah, instantly. me too. By blood, too. I like that. You guys <laughs> go. Sh- will you guys go shirtless and wear black headbands? And- yeah, go psycho mode. Yeah, <laughs> like your Rambo. Explosive <gasps> broadheads this time. Mm-hmm. That was a great scene, by the hide, way. Hide yourself in a wallow and pop up out of it. Grab <gasps> it by the brow tides. <laughs> go crazy. Yeah. Shake, shake things up a bit, man. Well, it was a fun hunt to watch. I know it's tough to tough to stomach. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the reality of hunting. And we've, I mean, if you haven't, it, it gets... It's cliche, I guess, maybe at this point to say, but, you know, if you haven't had that happen to you, you probably haven't hunted long enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It happens. Just learn from it. Always learning, right? Yep. Yep. You you probably, he's probably more dedicated, more excited than ever, huh, for getting back out again, Josh? For sure. Who's for sure do this next time? I don't know. He might have to give it to me. I think he has to. I think Move, Josh. <laughs> out the I've taken this down. Yeah, I think you've earned first shooter. But 
I mean, the thing about that one, I know people are going to ask, like, how come, mm-hmm. how come you were never up front? Or, I mean, I felt like I wouldn't, I wasn't even supposed to really be on that hunt. I took all his points, so I didn't have any problem. That's a really good perspective. Yeah, I didn't have any problem being letting him shoot the first. I was like, yeah, you got me on this hunt, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, Brotherly love, man. And he's your brother. Yeah, you know, it was playing in my favor at the beginning. I'm like, oh, yeah, there you go. Here's your bowl. Here's the bowl. Right. <laughs> right in your I'm going to have five, six days. <laughs> <laughs> right. But. Didn't work out time, that way. I think we're going to go with rifles. Are you? You're talking my language now, buddy. That's, good. <laughs> That's only yeah, because take I got. Brady with you. I would go for sure with Archer if I didn't have another bow hunt, but we got New Mexico. So yeah, that's true. We're going to slam. Yeah, we are going to slam. We're going to cut such a swath. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> In and out, three days. Just dead bulls and meat and antlers. Yeah, it's like this time of year you start watching hunt films. Like, I've been watching all of our old hunt films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like July, you just start getting pumped. Yep. Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I've got to get out. <laughs> oh, goodness. send me free. Especially when it's 105 outside, right? Yes. Yeah, brutal today. Yeah. That's cool, man. I enjoyed it. It's good film, good good perspective, a lot of good lessons learned. It's fun to see, you know, brothers hunt and get out together and share an adventure. I liked it. Don't forget the giveaway and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We need that 100K. Need it. We need it bad. I want the plaque. Want that plaque. Once we get 100K, we're putting the plaque in, in the studio. In the podcast room. Do we each get a plaque? Yeah. Yeah. You, you can get as many plaques as you want. Yeah. <laughs> How many? I want one. If you guys help us get to 100K, we'll give one to the fans. One plaque <laughs> to a fan? <laughs> one lucky fan. One lucky fan. There we're we gonna go. We're going to go back and pick our the number one commenter who's commented on the most videos. Oh, I, I know who that guy is. Me too. Is. <laughs> Yeah, My either that I was going to say the guy that puts us at that 100K mark, like the last guy. Oh, yeah. There you go. Maybe he gets a plaque. Remember, remember way back? about the first subscriber? Well, that'd be a good one, too. Weren't you saving your subscriber? Your yeah, up? I still have it saved, I think. Yeah. What? Yeah, I think. I thought you did it on 10K. I, I haven't. Well, I probably did, and I took it away. <laughs> what? I don't even know what you're talking about. I right haven't now. subscribed to Go Hunt yet. Oh. You're trying to wait. I'm saving it. Saving it. For the very last one. Push us over the edge when nobody will. <laughs> that one. Here we go, <laughs> boys. 100K. I'm going un- to unsubscribe That's and right, battle, battle it out with you. Yeah. Let's, let's not start em. that trend. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. Yes, subscribe. Like and subscribe. So much cool con- content there. But yeah, if you the film's called By Blood on the Go Hunt YouTube channel. Check it out. Take a watch. Don't leave any hater comments. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we'll get some hater comments on this one. Leave them. Leave them. Yeah. yeah. Let us know. Sometimes I'm just open. Like, if guys are going to do that, at least have an open mind. Let's have a conversation then. Yeah. Like, don't just hate and then back away when I respond back to you. Let's have a conversation because I want, I'm learning as well. You guys are learning. Like, let's have a conversation about it. Open the doors. If you have something constructive to say, it helps other people when they read it then, as long as we continue the conversation and both have open minds about what went on and the effort that went put into, you know, finding an animal or, you know, at the end of the day, it's hunting. It's not perfect. Yeah, and you know, the end, I mean, hunting, everybody's at a different stage, you know. Everybody's kind of trying to figure it out as they go. It's. I think we all often expect everybody to be perfect all the time right. when it comes to hunting. You know, pick the right moment, make the right shot, you know, don't be nervous, you know, have ice in your veins. And it's just, it's not that way. Like, it's a progression of things. Like, it's not black and white, you know. Everybody's kind of on their own spectrum. We're all trying to do the same thing. We're trying to do this thing that's really hard, which is, you know, bow hunting in this regard and,
like, I don't know. You got to offer, I think, some grace to people, you know, because, I mean, stuff happens, and I think it's good to learn and have conversations about it. Yeah. Amen, Trill. Hey. <laughs> I'll probably – Pound put, that pulpit. Put put that in the comments, and I'll pin it at the top. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> There's your answer. If you got hate, that's the answer. That's right. I love haters. There's, well, I know with peace signs. <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> love. Let's love. hug. <laughs> love. <laughs> uh.